Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, listeners. This is Post-Production Jen popping in with a slight content warning this week. Robin Hood is, at its heart, a political movie. And my friends who join me today are political people. So there is some discussion around politics in today's conversation. If you listen to this podcast to take a break from politics and don't want to hear characters from Disney's Robin Hood compared to certain political figures in the United States government, you might want to give this one a skip. That said, though we are leftists at heart, we didn't say anything too harsh. Now, on with the show. Uh, That's Not Gunner Productions podcast. Welcome to another guest episode of Oof, Right in the Childhood. I'm not going to say my other guests aren't special, but this week's guests are probably my most special guests yet. See, usually I have other podcasters or internet personalities that come here to talk about their show and do a little cross-promotion. But today, I'm talking to my two real-life best friends, Melissa and Eli. And I usually let people introduce themselves, and I'm going to let them do that. But first, I want to introduce them to you. First... I met Eli in 2007 when we were both playing World of Warcraft. At the time, I had a four-year-old and he had a toddler, and now my daughter will graduate from high school this year, and we've seen each other through incredibly difficult times. Eli, why don't you say hi to the listeners and tell them about yourself? Hi, listeners. Yeah, I'm he's, uh, fantastic. I am professional. The movie we're about to talk about today. And I met Melissa five years ago when our kids attended the same anxiety seminar, We became friends and then found out that she and my husband are loosely related, and so now we're both friends and family. Melissa, why don't you say hi? Hi, everybody. I'm Melissa. Um, I love Jen more than Eli, I think. Oh, can I say that? (laughs) Absolutely, you can say that. It's a a competition now. Um, No, I love Jen to infinity and beyond, and I am so excited to be here today to talk about one of my favorite movies. Robin Hood. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm Melissa. I'm Canadian. I love Disney movies and The Simpsons, and I can probably beat you at Mario Kart. And so what happened was I uh, told them both that I was starting this podcast. And the very first thing Melissa said to me was, are you going to have guests? And can I be on Robin Hood? Um, because and we will get to why that was. And I was like, of course you can. And then I was talking to Eli and he was like, this is my favorite. Can I come talk? And I was like, hold on. Let me see if I can coordinate the two most, like, these are like some of my most favorite human beings that I'm not married to on earth. Um, And, and so I'm just totally excited that you guys, that, that the listeners here get to meet them. Uh, So I'm going to start off with what. Do you remember what is the earliest memory that you have of this movie? And we'll we'll have Eli go first and then Melissa and then they can like interrupt each other and talk about stuff. Yeah, um my first I was at my Kyle probably I sat there, you know, sucked into the rapture. Now, did it come out that early? Yeah, it came out in 73. Well, okay, yeah, but um, oh, oh, I see. It came out in '84 on VHS. Yes, yes. but it was okay. on. Um, oh. I don't remember where. You know, they Disney weird about release. Um, they come watch this. The credits. 
Um, and so I got sucked into it right away. It was on something. I don't know. I was, I, I was just actually, I didn't realize it was the very first Walt Disney classic to come out on VHS. Did not it's the that. very first Disney movie that came out. Like they released little things like uh, collections of cartoons and stuff, but this was the very first movie that they released on VHS. So uh, what about you, Melissa? Tell us about your earliest memories of Robin Hood, please. So here we go. Um, very similar, actually, uh, sitting on um, my own brown shag rug in the living room. Um you know, sitting crisscross applesauce, probably eating craft dinner. Um, the CBC in here in Canada um, would air uh, Disney specials and movies uh, every Sunday night. Um, and uh, so I had sat down to eat my dinner and Robin Hood was the was uh, was on. And I was super excited to watch it and immediately um like upon first watching it became one of my favorites and and has been uh for years and years and years so i was i was i guess about seven years old the first time i saw it and uh i just remember fondly um sitting there and just just being completely enraptured by it i think it um i was watching it i'm pretty sure what it's why everyone from like gen x early millennials just thinks that foxes are the best things ever um because it's just a movie about super sexy foxes the whole way through (laughs) (laughs) i i was i was looking at like this is this is why we all find foxes attractive every single person from this generation everyone i I mean they're awesome be a fox after what they bark when they're domesticated right I'm full of weird animal facts <laughs> all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a place I go hiking where I start, and I stop and have lunch in the same spot. Has come and sat across this and watched me six, seven times. I love Aww. it. Okay, I, I don't walk eight miles ever, but now I want to wait walk eight miles. Like, <laughs> well, if you come down here, I'll take you to that spot and we'll go. We'll have lunch with a fox. Excellent. I will try to not fall in a hole as I often fall in holes. Um. <laughs> they uh, i am also super clumsy yes um yeah i i like melissa has watched me just like fall for no good reason at all so (laughs) what happened i was like i don't know floor wasn't there when i put my foot down i mean i think we can safely blame your ankle foot yeah my ankle foot thing yay i mean heck you knew me before my ankle foot thing so before I started falling over all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what I was, I was actually watching it. And I think this is the first time I ever really watched the opening credits. Cause I know I watched them when I was a kid, but I didn't like read them. Um, and I think that my takeaway was that, uh, that Friar Tuck is the nicest badger ever. Like how did, how did we make him a badger? <laughs> is my question. I don't know. He's got interest. Boy, does he. Um, but uh, how about, do you remember, like, your favorite scene from the movie when you were a kid? It's a line. Yeah. Or at, actually, I looks at uh, at Hiss, and, and that has been a line <laughs> I have. That's great. <laughs> Be gone, long one. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's just, that's that stuck in tournament? my head. Yes, it's at the tournament when he's calling okay. um, John PJ, and he's sort of hustling Hiss out of there. I, I guess stuck with me. Oh, I just, I love uh, Little Baloo. He's great. Um, <laughs> and you can't tell me that that's not, that, like, that's really who that is. That's Little Baloo. What about you, Melissa? Oh, gosh. It, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, trying to trying to find my favorite scene, because there are so many great ones. Um, but my favorite, I think, uh, because I am ever the hopeless romantic, um, it is after the tournament when uh, when Robin looks up into Maid Marian's eyes and she recognizes him. I think that is uh, that is my favorite scene. Oh, that scene with like when she, he looks at her and like in the forest and they're just all like starry eyed and you're like, oh, I want someone to look at me with just like a tenth of that. <laughs> it's the most romantic look of anyone and like that makes my husband sound like he's not romantic but he's he is he's he's wonderful it's just like cartoon romance is big those giant eyes they had you can't duplicate that in real life 
right yeah it, it looks real weird on humans like we shouldn't um yeah so it it is definitely i think from when i was a kid my favorite scene was when the kids end up in the courtyard at the very very beginning yes with, like the arrow and That's playing great. with with uh lady lady cluck yep. I mean, lady yes yes KL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lady Cluck and uh, and uh, Maid Marian and like, the, and I rewatched it this time and it's just like oh impertinent children questions. Uh, but it was so it, I just remember them like playing and having a great time and just that really early entrance into Marian and knowing that she is a a good person um, because as a kid the best way to know if they're a good person is if they're good with kids, right? Absolutely. Well, and you know. Oh, absolutely. As a little boy, that's because when she and all and his <laughs> friends go, oh, they're kissing. God, I would have had the same. Please leave me alone. I'm going to die in the bushes facial that he made. I would like to melt into the into the ground, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that little buddy. I, I call him um, Little Rabbit the whole way through because I don't think he has me a too. name. <laughs> I don't think he does, Just but he's adorable. Little Rabbit. I love, oh, I love him. He's great. And like the the birthday farthing scene when I watched it this time, like oh, oh my heart was breaking. Like when he's I really understood what the situation was this time. I think right. like it's been a while since I watched this. So like, yeah, when was the last time you watched it before I told you to rewatch it for for this? I don't know. It's probably How about you, Melissa. You watched it three weeks before you even heard about it, didn't you? I did. I did. I you. Um. Uh huh. <laughs> But um, before uh, everything was accessible on Disney Plus, um, the last time I had rewatched it was on my VHS copy of it. Um, so I'm going to say, gosh, when did my VHS player crap out? Like probably 2005. So like it had been a oh, while. So yeah. Yeah. But probably more recently than either of us. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Like I don't even think I'd shown it to Celestia yet, which was which is really weird uh, for me because I I had her watch a lot of the classics and mm -hmm. and this one I think like of the Bronze Era this is probably top notch Bronze Era the happiest story you get <laughs> for all of them I mean well, we just came away from Aristocats so it's funny to mention that because this is right before Disney Hilly Dark Panda mm -hmm. I think you're right this is probably the the, the pinnacle. Well, we do have one more happy movie after this, and that's uh, The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's um, right. Which, which I'm going to just fess up to right now. I don't think I've ever actually watched that as a movie. I did not know it was a movie. I've just seen the shorts sparsed out through like Disney Channel free time. Um, so that's <laughs> going to be interesting to actually you, watch from beginning to end. But yeah, uh, we, we get these two really happy movies, and then we're just going to go straight into The Rescuers and the darkness um so yeah, the live action stuff Ooh. what i found really interesting is um do either of you know why robin is a fox in this um i thought that i had read that um that there was a different fox that they wanted to make a movie about but walt vetoed that idea is that is that right that that's pretty right uh eli do you know what it what it is no but i remember um that they had enough well, okay, so the the legends that he wanted to make, so this isn't necessarily him saying no to it. Um, he wanted to make uh, cartoons about Reynard the Fox uh, since like the 1930s. Um, and Reynard is a super dark character in uh, legendary folklore. Um, basically, he's super tricky and he kills people. Um, and... Walt was obsessed with him and wanted to make cartoons about him. And then never, he thought that kids weren't sophisticated enough to understand that the fox is killing people and it's funny. Um, you know. Right, that, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's great. I mean, like, if, if you've read the Reynard the Fox stuff or heard it, it's it's really funny stuff. But it is very, like, I think he hangs someone by their own entrails at one point. He's super wonderful. That's. Yeah, like I That's just I want you all to imagine because he wanted that to be his first full length movie, and I want you both to just imagine <laughs> instead of Snow White, us getting a fox that hung someone by their entrails. Um, that sounds yeah. fun. That 
that's heartwarming fun. family fun um and then they were gonna make chanticleer um I... at the same time they made sword in the Sto stone Ooh. and uh the exec said you had to choose one and so he chose sword in the stone and shelved chanticleer and then that got made by don blues later um but reynard was going hey. to be the villain in the chanticleer movie and then that got tossed and then he was going to put it in treasure island which i know eli is another one of your favorites he was going to put it in short he was going to put him in shorts of uh the live action treasure island and that didn't work and then he died and they were like you know what we should do we should put that fox in something <laughs> that Walt was already always talking about interesting i mean it did it gave us a um movie. one of the other funny things i found was that uh Ken Anderson, who wrote the screenplay, had originally planned to set it in the Deep South to, and I quote, recapture the spirit of Song of the South. Yeah. Oh. oh. That's. that's... <laughs> and the exec were like, England's fine, Ken. We'll let you have a Southern accent, Ken. That's all you get. I was like, oh, no. No, no. We can't. No, 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 yeah, no, oh, no. no. No, no. Boy, well, boy. I saw it in the jug band when they're having the big dance, like the big dance that they basically reused a whole bunch of people. I was like, that oh, totally. that's the Deep South thing that Ken wanted right there, the jug band. But I... Well, well yeah. Bring 20 it was kind of, of funny because that whole scene is just a whole bunch of them being like, I don't want to animate this. Do you want to animate this? No, I don't want to animate this. Let's go find the animation from the, the Seven Dwarves and Baloo and anywhere else they've danced and just like use right. that animation and put another character over it. That'll be fine. Like I, I do want to address... Um, robin's attractiveness at some point i think that oh, that's oh absolutely we're yeah 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 so we are Oops. definitely gonna talk about that so i guess since we're still in memories um well so why don't you tell everyone why you wanted to talk about this movie so, so this is kind of embarrassing robin hood was one of my first crushes um he was you know he was foxy um i remember playing with um playing with some like neighborhood girls and we were we were hanging out and one of them said let's have imaginary boyfriends and like the other girls were like yeah okay cool and i'm like all right and like one of them was like yeah my boyfriend is the guy from gem i can't remember his name i'm sorry um <laughs> you know and my boyfriend is you know so and so from I don't know what was popular at the time. Like, I don't know, Knight Rider? I don't know. David Hasselhoff. Um, and me, and I'm like, well, have you seen the Robin Hood cartoon? And, like, the girls are like, yeah. And I'm like, so Robin Hood? And they're like, he's a fox. And I'm like, I know. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is hell yeah he is um, and so yeah uh, so robin hood was one of my first crushes and um i i definitely think that that is partly why um why i still love the movie as much as i do i i think that it's held up um a lot better for me than a lot of the other movies um it it has so many less oof moments than a lot of the other Disney movies we've been watching. Uh, so, um, yeah, but yeah, Ro Robin Hood was one of my first crushes. And so that's, that's why I, why I wanted to be on this, on this one. Um, and, and you're like, well, okay, it was, he was your first crush. And I'm like, yes, but have you seen my husband? And I wish that I could show a picture <laughs> of my husband on a podcast but he is a scruffy ginger british guy <laughs> and if if you put him side Perfect. by side with robin hood you might see a few similarities well when she said that i immediately thought of joe I and it. i was like oh i i i think i understand now. yeah but but Melissa, please tell them about your other first boyfriend my other you know a certain mystery solving dog uh-huh a certain mystery solving dog uh scooby-doo was my very first crush um i i didn't understand sort of uh how can i put this delicately the mechanics of you know being married and so i thought well you know i just thought 
being married was just finding someone who you would want to go on adventures and solve mysteries with. Um, and I'm like, well, Scooby-Doo seems perfect for that. And hey, he brings snacks. So I'm sold. So Scooby-Doo was, was, was my, my very first crush. It should be noted that Melissa also has multiple dogs, so she just has the things for canids, uh, but she also has several cats. So <laughs> I swear everything is platonic. Everything is platonic, but uh, and I don't mean to uh, like embarrass you, but I just that's one of my favorite things you said. Uh, Robin Hood was one of my first crutches, and I was like, I thought Scooby Doo was one of her first crutches, and I was like. Yeah, we're just going to talk about the canid crushes. That'll be great. Uh, oh, I was going to say, it's a really good thing that you cannot see someone blush while doing a, a podcast. Um, because I'm just like hiding. right? Now. Don't worry, we can hear it. Um, oh, good. But you're right about this not having a lot of those moments that I was like, why? Um, I think the very first one I had was when they were like female bandits. Ha! And I was like, eh, okay, fine. And then um, Little Blue stuffs its bra with gold. And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> this is how we're starting. Yeah, I wrote down the same thing about female bandits, ha. Huh? And then the fact, I don't know, the fact that they were being waylaid by some yeah, sort of Yeah, say cringy. Romani on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that whole... That whole thing of like tricking little John by just telling him how wonderful he is while they just pass gold out the back window. And Hiss is over there like, what is wrong with you? I, I felt real bad for Hiss this time. Like when I was a kid, I hated him because, you know, we're kind of supposed to. But this time I kind of sat there and was like, oh, he has the worst job in the kingdom. Hey, well, he's in this weird coat being physically and emotionally abused right? constantly. <laughs> And then, but he also kind of does his own version of like payback when he's like, "You broke your mother's mirror," and then yes. like John goes into that like catatonic state where he holds his ear and sucks his thumb, and like, what did his mom do to right. him? I have questions. Um, I don't, I don't oh want God. any of those questions answered, please. Um, oh, I just pictured his little mommy dearest that moved on, right? And and um, I it should also be noted that as a child, I did not understand how Prince John was a boy, um, because he didn't have a mane, <laughs> and you know when you're when you're six, things are very black and white, and boy lions have manes, and he does not have a no, mane. no that. <laughs> I don't think I had this thing about the gender of John, but it did always stand out to me. Didn't have a man, but I guess for me, it struck as being less less um, impressive. I think it's supposed to be an a common a commentary on his manlyhood or his maybe right, his age is, yeah. because he's he's the little brother. Perhaps you know the other uh, another little cringe is it seemed like at some point or well, a couple different they made light of you know thing that his hypnotized him and sent him out to go kill you know tens of thousands of muslims right and they made light of it yeah not so great uh yeah there's i mean one of the the other like first moments i was like oh the sheriff of nottingham is a super bad guy like i knew he was a super bad guy but the very first thing in the movie right. is him hitting the cast of the blacksmith dog and i was like yes it's a broken leg and that hurt <laughs> that hurts so bad because <laughs> i've had a cast right <laughs> Too. I've hit a cast and God, it hurts. Your whole body hurts when yes. you do it. I was, I was talking to Chris about like that conversation about this isn't how taxes work. And he's like, this is how taxes worked back then. I was like, right, 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 right. Just, yeah, this is pre Magna Carta. When we were watching that part of the movie, my wife, Aaron, for those, hi, there's my wife, Aaron. And Aaron looks at him and she just goes, that's Trump. <laughs> so, oh, yes. that. we should all be very clear on where we stand politically. And yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Um, uh, since we brought up taxes and now Trump, um, I also want to, uh, touch on, on Robin Hood being my favorite and, and why I am, uh, probably considered a, a radical leftist, um, and why I love Bernie Sanders so much. Um, the mittens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um 
you know, the whole idea of taking from the rich and giving to the poor was all it, it always struck such a chord with me as a child, you know, and that Robin and Little John were clearly the good guys in the movie. Um, and I think that as an adult, I think that that's why <laughs> that, you know, that seed got planted when I was so young with Robin Hood. And then as I grew up, um, you know, being Canadian, I, I think that I'm, I'm more drawn to socialism, um, because of our, because of our healthcare system and everything. But, um, I think that, that Disney's Robin Hood sort of, um, was sort of how I started to become a bit more radicalized, um, you know, uh, in that, that wild and crazy notion that taxes should be used to help people. But I think the idea of, of, of the taxes doing what they're supposed to do and uh, helping out people, especially the less fortunate, I think that that's why uh, that is such an appealing idea to me as an adult. Um, so yeah. I definitely credit Robin Hood with with uh, a lot of my political ideals. You know, that's that's actually a really good point. And um, it's death to tyrants as he's fighting <laughs> Cluck. And it stuck with really head and the downtrodden, the rich. And you're absolutely there is a kind of absolute kind of radical. Yes. Well, and now I'm thinking about it, like my two great loves, the two things that I have podcasts on, because now I actually have a podcast on the other one, is like if I combine the Robin Hood co concept with the fact that I've been watching Starfleet since I was six, it completely makes sense that I am a post-capitalist. Um, Hell yes. We, we can have plenty of things without needing to to resort to all of this hierarchy of, of like the rich have golden toilets. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> versus the the poor being you know sick and not having food and and things like that and I, I was I was kind of looking at it um, about how good these people were too. Um, it says a lot about what Robin did for them because when you look at the scene after he's stolen all of that money, the posters are advertising a thousand pound reward, and this is set right. in eleven eighty nine. At the time, looking anyway. well, I, I, I actually, um, I'm me. I looked it up. Um, I didn't look Did up you? the ten thousand ingots. I missed that, but I looked up the thousand pound reward. Um, because the Bank of England has an inflation calendar uh, calculator that goes back to twelve oh seven. Interesting. What are we talking about? Three million USD. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's... Think about how life changing that that would have been for any one of those peasants. Right. They never you know, and they didn't and they do, didn't do, it. do and so it. It says so much about what they think about him. They probably all probably. Well, I mean, who can blame them? I get it. I, I mean, and it. also, but who wants? To, I yeah, three million dollars <laughs> is life changing, like no matter what. But do you really want to get three million dollars from the guy who takes your kid's birthday farthing from him for turning in your friend? Yeah, like not, there, there's there's a moral right, so much. there because <laughs> like a farthing's like a quarter of a penny, <laughs> right? You know, I want to have a talk to Joe about how little sense England's money make. Like, it's, it's, it might as well be a nut to galleon ratio thing. I have no idea how England's money worked. Yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty confusing, actually. Um, interestingly, um, you know how I say, like, I'm not very interesting. And I'm not, I'm related to people who are interesting. But my <laughs> my grandmother's family uh in the uk actually they were quaker bankers and they they sold wow. and merged their bank with uh the Al the alexander's bank and the alexander's bank uh actually merged with another bank to form barclays what yeah wow <laughs> so that's pretty wow. cool yeah um and actually Yep. My wow. uh, my grandmother's family's home is actually a, a boarding school uh, in the UK. Um, I went and visited last time I was there. It's pretty cool. But anyway, that's ridiculously cool. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, all the way back to the Quakers. Like Melissa's family's been leftists from the beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quakers are so cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's it. They're really fascinating. Actually, that's sort of what sort of jump started my love of genealogy and, uh, you know, history. Uh, I'm a history nerd, and I won't apologize for it. 
Well, you don't have to because um, both both Eli and I are are those people that'll sit around and be like, so in 1734, no. Um, it, was seven, it was 35. I, guess, Come on. I have to add another interesting tidbit here. But um, so that same family back in the UK, um, one of them uh, distantly related was the Red Barn murderer. Um, and, oh, right. Yeah. And, and so, really? so he was put on trial and his skin was made into a book about the trial. And for Christmas this year, I actually got a really cool uh, book and uh, it's called Dark Archives. His skin was into a book. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck. His on the skin was made into a book, is it, and it's actually on. Is it the next yeah, no. Have you not seen skin books, Eli? Because you have got to go look up skin no, I, books right now. I, 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 I mean, I've heard. Oh, of they're them, so cool I looking. Never, I never really thought about any one yeah. person. Yeah, and wow. it's actually on display in a museum in the UK, um, and it's it's one That's of um, sort of few confirmed like. Um, um oh uh, yeah i'm i'm just i'm just trying to think of the word it's anthropodermic um yeah oh, yes books okay. yeah. yeah i'm gonna call them skin books they, they are that is exactly what they are if you're like me you spend a lot of time listening to podcasts that's right i don't just host a podcast i listen to at least three episodes a day of my personal favorites so if you want to do a little good in the world while you listen you should check out the new humbly app Humbly is a podcatcher that inserts a short ad between episodes you were already going to listen to, then donates the money from that ad to causes you choose. For example, when I listen to an ad on Humbly, the money can go to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, Teach for America, and the NAACP. I can even check my stats to see how much I've earned for my causes overall. So, if you're already interested in listening to podcasts, why not listen to them on Humbly and earn a little money for those in need? Do you love role-playing or tabletop games? Do you love Monster of the Week shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural? Do you wish you could find a podcast that combines all of those things? Well, look no further. Thornvale is a narrative-driven actual play podcast following three monster hunters as they fight to keep a small town in Florida safe from the creatures that threaten it. It's full of action. So do you actually say that? Yes, I'm actually going to say that. I'll be like, I'll distract him, you get him. And so I'm going to try... Okay, Bjorn, how are you going to get him? Um... Comedy. I just got this image in my head. Now this is me, not Sammy, of this dragon that was collecting materials for a chicken farm. <laughs> <laughs> and truly awful dice rolls. Nope, another oh. three. That's, oh that's my, my second three in a row. Oh my gosh. We're killing this thing. If that sounds like it's up your alley, then look us up wherever you listen to podcasts. But we will we will swing back through. Um, so uh, when you watched it this time, since it had been a while, or when you watched it the most recent time, did you see anything that you just didn't remember, or something that like really hit you differently? And and Eli, you kind of started talking a little bit about it, uh, about like oh oh female in it's really hmm. um there well as a kid I never thought about it. and the, the damsel and obviously made Marion but. It's very, um, and obviously they changed a haver, but it was that trope that stuck out to me. The damsel. It's not an evened out or t- How about you, Melissa? Um, uh, you know, I, my, mine isn't very particularly insightful, but I will say for me, uh, again, not terribly insightful, uh, pretty superficial here, but it was, um, actually in the scene where, uh, Robin and Maid Marian are dancing in the woods and there's all those fireflies. I got the songs mixed up in my head. Um, for some reason, like, I was ready to sing along with um, So This Is Love, which is actually from Cinderella. Um, and oh, yeah. not the song that they danced to um, in in Robin Hood. So that was that was something that, that struck me. It was just, uh, I was expecting something completely different. And I was like, oh, wait, no, wrong movie. Oops. Uh, but that was that was it. Yeah. 
they are kind of similar and that that scene with the sparkling and the blue there's a lot of blue um the the line from that song that i i kind of was like what it says something about like you've grown up inside of me and i was like uh pardon <laughs> what is that yeah mean? That, uh, god i hope so otherwise Ew. um um one of the things that i saw that i like there were there were a couple of like little things that i i just hadn't really put together but i want to touch on your damsel on the on on, in distress thing eli because they do turn it on its head because lady cluck is just a bomb like when she just she tears down all those people with the like uh the the football scene i was just amazing i love that it's, yeah, that's actually in my notes that there's a Kyle fight song, and then she's new rock nyamed it. I there's that is a specific college's fight song, and I've already forgotten which one. Um, and it does not matter. But yeah, th- th- like the fact that she is actually the one that allows State. them to escape because she she literally tackles rhinos, a chicken, like <laughs> to oh, get Marion out of there. Like she's, she's, she's so just badass. A I just. She's amazing, and it, so uh, as far as damsels in distress go, like Lady Cluck kind of at least gives that uh, women can be strong too uh, moment. Uh, but the saddest moment. Oh, oh, totally. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I come with you, and that did. And, and Cluck. Yeah, that's true. Um, but at least she did show that she could do use a sword in in that scene with Little Rabbit. Um, totally. But uh, one of the things that Skippy, like, really you guys, it's grabbed- Skippy. Skippy, 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 right. Skippy, Skippy, right. Skippy. Skippy, it's Skippy. Skip. I love you, but it's Skippy. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jen, is it Skippy? I think it might be Skip. Okay, I will try to remember that little rabbit's name is Skippy. <laughs> Skippy, gotcha. Um, I mean, I, I mess up the names and everything. I, I, I referred to Thomas O'Malley as Blue Cat throughout Okay, things, so. actually... Can I ask a question? Is blind as a character? No, it does not. Um, I am ridiculously good. Uh, Back when uh, Ellen's Game of Games, they did one cartoon round, and I was I got every single one of them right. I am. It's real human faces uh, that that are the problem. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm very much like Melissa's old dog who doesn't like faces. Um, It's true. It's a great story. (laughs) She got really upset at people that had faces. Um, but she only had one eye, so it was cool if you were on the no eye side of her. But if you were, if your face was on the eye side, she was not happy, and she would try and eat your face. It's true. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, but the 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 what the scene that really like grabbed me by the heart that I watched was the the prison scene. Oh, um, where yeah. they've got like. The sick babies uh, eating gruel in the drafty cell, and they've got they're like feeding the blacksmith dog, who I'm sure also has a name that Otto. It's Otto. Um, it's Otto. It's Otto. Otto. Okay. It's Otto. Okay. So I've already Otto. forgotten Little Rabbit's name now. Uh, uh, Skippy. No, um, it's Skippy. His name is Skippy. Great. His name is Skippy. <laughs> Okay. So they they they're feeding like the the littlest rabbit that is not Skippy like the baby rabbit. Yeah. Um and she looks sick and and Otto is sick and it's, and and then they have the raccoon chain gang and I was just like oh this is awful. And then at the end after after the the bad guys have quote unquote gone to prison, they're breaking rocks, but they're out in the sun in a quarry in the in a better prison than they put other people in. And I was like, well, the rich people still got the nicer prison. The rich people still got better treatment than than the poor people who literally did nothing wrong. I I think again it says a lot about the community of people in like the the villagers because even though like they were probably the ones running the prison now, they didn't treat uh you know the bad guys as badly as they treated them. Well, and it it does show that like King Richard was was more interested in in like true justice than mistreating his brother even though, you know, Richard like immediately popped right back out and you know did some more jew killing and stuff um (laughs) sorry like the truths um it's okay but like it is problematic 
still, and it is, it's, it's great that they are wonderful people that gave them a really nice, I guess, sunny rock quarry. Or, I mean, we could, I, it might be that um, argument from, say, the Lion King that when the good ruler comes back, it's not nearly so dreary and terrible because the sun came with him or however that fairy tale trope works. Hmm. But yeah, the the whole the whole scene inside the prison with with the townsfolk just like it was heartbreaking to to look at like how they were being treated and uh, it just it made me sad. It was definitely the hardest scene to watch for sure. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely hard to to watch and and I agree with you that they're probably the better people and I mean, fine if I have to be a better. <laughs> Um, I keep saying that. It's like, I'm really tired of being the better person. It gets exhausting, honestly. Um, oh, I was going to ask if when you watched it this time, if like your favorite scene changed in any way, like you had a favorite scene when you were a kid and, and usually it's things like Maid Marian fighting with the little kids or, you know, something like that. As, as an adult, was did it change or is it still just that same that same feeling on the same scene. I can say, well, I don't know if this is because, but consuming this eyes of an adult, but I still tend to be happy mm-hmm. in my childhood. I like that. Um, my answer is very much the same. Um, I, I felt that it was, you know, when you have those friendships where you don't talk for a really long time and then you meet up again and it's like no time at all had passed between you. That's totally what my rewatch of of Robin Hood felt like. It was like coming home to an old friend. It was it, it was excellent, and I didn't find that anything had changed other than my misremembering of the song. <laughs> you know that was nominated for an Oscar and then uh, lost to um, uh, the way we were. Oh, interesting. So I have to go look it up. I mean, it should have. I'm scrolling. Yeah, it was the way we were. Um, The one from The Jungle Book lost to the song from uh, Talk with the Animals from Dr. Doolittle, which is hilariously ironic. Um, (laughs) Just, I love scenes like, and this was nominated for an Oscar, but it didn't win. Mm -hmm. This was nominated for an Oscar, (laughs) but it didn't win. (laughs) Nothing won. It was just, no. Um, But I also, one of my favorite little tidbits about this, again, talking about how important this movie is to everyone from from our our era of like we're we're from different quote-unquote generations but our age range um the the feeling you get when you see a a fox in a feathered hat is is very specific for i think our age range um but the fun thing i found out was that when they were writing zootopia and they were trying to make the um the anti-hero that you know that is now nick wilde it was the director who went you know my favorite disney movie as a kid was robin hood and i would like to bring him back wow and that's why we have nick wilde in zootopia interesting i didn't know that zootopolis or something it's it's different names in different places (laughs) but so do we have any thoughts on on robin hood that we didn't touch on then i know you have notes eli Hit us with your notes. We'll oh, discuss them. Do I ever? Uh, well, I mean, we won't. We don't have that kind of time. Well, okay. Um, Hit the high points of your notes. <laughs> well, you talked about the opening credits. Uh-huh. And the one thing that I noticed is that the opening credits were done very much in the style of a theatrical film at the time. Until you get to the point where the cartoon. But it was done with no sound. And then the character name. And then the actor's name. Which just stuck out to me. A little odd. Because... I mean, obviously, adults are going to watch this with their kids, but kids don't care about that stuff. Um, I found that, um, you know, and the other thing that really stuck was watching Sheriff. And I found it super fascinating that the animals that work, they're jackals. And that was just really, really a nice a nice choice. Well, okay. So, again, watching this, the credits closely for the first time in my life, I did not realize that the Sheriff of Nottingham was a wolf. Um as right. a kid. Oh. And and so I'm not sure that his deputies were jackals. I thought they were wolves. I thought it was a wolf pack. You know, I thought I thought they were a wolf pack too. And then when there was a, a scene when you saw them up close, and maybe it's just mosing my own thoughts onto it, but they looked like jackals Ooh. to me. Um it could have been wolves, it could have been a wolf pack. But I, I was thinking jackals, all obviously pack dogs either way. 
with the buzzards really stuck out to me, especially this ostensibly the citizen. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely like, I mean, and also we talk about uh, wolves are seen as kind of like a negative connotation when, when you talk about wolves setting upon innocent creatures and whatnot. So it could be jackals, it could be wolves. Um, but yeah, the buzzards, the, the, the vultures absolutely say a lot about the sheriff in Nottingham. You got vulture, vultures building the gallows. How creepy is that? Ooh, we're going to hang the guy, and then there's our snack. Um, I did get a little right. bit mad at Robin. Um, I got real upset in, in the episode about he had to take those last two bags of gold. Um, oh, oh seriously. I, like, I let like, it go, like, homie. Seriously, he can have two bags of gold, and you get out scot-free, and then none of this happens. Uh, see what you did? See what greed does, Robin? Um, kind of <laughs> I th- I, like, I, But it's also, you know, Every caper movie ever right, has right. that scene. It's true. I I think it's also a bit of commentary too on how even the good guys can be tempted, right? Um, even the good even the yeah. good guys can you know feel the 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 pull of you know the the evil that is money, right? Um, so I I think that's uh, interesting commentary. That's a good point. Um. I mean, I, I looked at it from Jen's perspective. I mean, if we're really looking at it as the true good-hearted Robin Hood that is portrayed in this Disney movie and not in any of the Robin Hood legends that exist, hmm. um, we can look at it as he sees those two bags of gold as more safety nets for the town. Yeah. Um, and if, if that's our argument, then that's that's almost a good reason. But but a, a little girl almost died, Robin. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just like, but a little girl almost died, Robin. I'm such a wonderful and caring and, person. <laughs> I guess the other thing that stuck out to me in this very time Pacific was that the with the animals when they're, you know, like after the that humor so Benny Hill's ridiculous, hmm. but it was so Benny Hill. It was like watching that crap come on a Saturday afternoon and have you know my parents laughing. Why is this funny? Yeah, they're, they're crazy. All right. it was missing was yakety sacks. You're right. Yeah. I was laughing at his uh, being forcibly drunk. Um, <laughs> like the line of I don't Terrible, drink yes. and then he's drunk. And I felt a little again. I feel real bad for his in this. Like, no, he's not a good guy. OK, but if I'm going to rank the bad guys in levels of badness, I, I've got his and then like a mile and a half above John and the sheriff of Nottingham. Like I, and I can't right. even figure out which of those is worse. I, I think the sheriff of Nottingham is actually worse than John. John is just, John is Trump. Like he he's, he's worthless John is and, Trump. Yeah. and makes me mad, but he's not actually, you know, good. If he was left to his own devices, nothing evil would happen. Right. Um, right. The sheriff of the Nottingham will, will straight up, make terrible things happen to people so but like and he would have done that without john i, yeah. li- I like him oh sorry go ahead no go ahead no please you like i i liken uh the sheriff of nottingham a bit to like trump's crony stephen miller you know he's a, <laughs> he's a bad guy but he enjoys being a bad guy he enjoys mm-hmm. making right. bad things happen right he likes stirring the pot that that's who i see yeah, I, I completely agree. And Hiss feels like someone who made a few bad choices and is stuck with it. Yeah. Kind like, of. Yes, he could get yeah. out, but he's he's just kind of gotten stuck in this position and doesn't know how to get out because he is miserable. Well, he deserves to be manipulated crusade where, again, he's hundreds of thousands of people so that he install this in power. And then Hiss realized, I can't control. Basically, Hiss is McConnell. I was about to say, Hiss is McConnell. Um, That's an excellent comparison. So, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's I'm a bad guy, but he at the beginning of this episode that it's super political. <laughs> like, if you don't want to listen yeah, to sorry, everybody. politics, don't listen to this episode. I'll just put it at the beginning. It'll be great. Uh, but, no, no, I think it's it's completely timely because it's not like I've hidden any of my opinions on the current administration. I just haven't been forthright necessarily on the podcast i've been very forthright on twitter uh but yeah you're right like yeah, yeah. but still and, and i don't know i still think he's better than mcconnell um because maybe because probably maybe because his hasn't been quote in power nearly as long 
but I, I was laughing uh, when they they were singing um, the the phony king of England, um, he and the sheriff, because they also clearly hate John, which draws our parallels even better. So true. No one likes this guy. He's just in power and we have to deal with it. Right. Uh, I found out that that was actually based on a song written by Rudyard Kipling called The Bastard King of England. Oh, So we got good guy Rudyard Kipling in this too. <laughs> yeah, more Kipling. Woo. Yay. Just what everybody <laughs> needs. That's what everyone needed. <laughs> more you Kipling. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, like, I, I kind of sit around. We were, we were watching something the other day and they said something about... Um, they were talking about literature and someone said something about Richard Kipling. And I was like, Oh, and they were like, wait until you hear about Lewis Carroll. And I was like, Oh, that's a good one. And Chris was like, I, I didn't get it. What? And I was like, Oh yeah. Lewis Carroll was totally a pedophile. And he's like, what do you learn on your podcast? And I was like, nothing good. <laughs> nothing I have ever researched has made me happy. I just sit around and go, well, sorry, Chris. I'm sad now. <laughs> Everything makes well, me sad. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, we have more high Sorry, points. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we've taken the high okay. points and kicked them in the junk. The junk. Now, I'm the worst. Uh, yeah, the last the last <laughs> guest episode was called "Punching, uh, Taking Name, uh, Punching Childhoods and Taking Names." So, um, it's my, it's there you I'm go. Now. The only only thing that I thought of that we really talk about was John with a thumb sucker. Oh yeah, let's and with a thumb sucker and how people treated him. There was there was this weird infantilizing of John, but also it was not only on his manliness, but what the writers thought of. Ch and being a child at the time when I first watched it, I didn't get. It. But thinking about the fact that this was meant for kind of hate, That's actually, I really hate it because it's telling it's telling you, you know, especially as a little boy, don't be weak, don't suck your thumb, don't wish for your mother, regardless if you do, vineless man, and. You know, I, in my own life, I've worked a lot to my father's channel, and it's it's in kind of interesting. That's actually a really good point about like the toxic masculinity that's kind of peppered into, especially as we get further and further into this era of films. Of you have to have a very specific attitude as a man, um, mm -hmm. and and that's a really good point. Well, thank you. Um, I was just looking. I I, I meant to look up information on their mom because he had such that visceral reaction um borderline freudian reaction to just even hearing the mm -hmm. word mother and and i just mother. i just had yeah. so many questions about like what was going on with that um and like so she was so that was eleanor of aquitaine and i know absolutely know nothing about her except that i've heard her name um right and she had eight kids five sons and three of whom became kings and three daughters like way oh. to go eleanor and, and she got an annulment from her first marriage because she didn't produce any heirs and then got married again and had eight kids so Holy i wonder mother. who was that's pretty um, awesome i wonder who might have been the problem there i'm sure it was her mm -hmm. certain yeah it was absolutely <laughs> anyway moving on uh but yeah i I've, i'm so curious about the because she was the queen regent for john when when richard went off to war if we're over and oh we're going right. to talk about genomes before because i'm confused about things but like I like, maybe it's that she was the the queen regent and she had recently died and he's still in mourning. Maybe mm, could be. I don't know. I have questions about why he was so tied up in Eleanor. It's funny. It's the times of the mommy thing. It's after Seth. Mm -hmm. did, did his have mom killed or sent was away? His sleeping well, with mommy. Oh my god! <laughs> he's a snake. Well, she was. In the Second Crusade, she actually. Uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine formally took up the cross, symbolic of the Second Crusade, during a sermon pre preached by Bernard of Clairvaux. Yeah, she might have been part of the Women's Crusade. So she went all Queen Calantheon. It all appears right. to. I'm just. I'm just. Sorry, through which reference? No, no, it's totally cool. I'm like, I'm like scanning this to see if she died, uh, because. Richard went to the third crusade. I know the right. weird things. Um, 
No, I knew that. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's see here. Oh, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm reading directly from Wikipedia here. Um, That's good entertainment. <laughs> like, okay, and thus, perhaps too long after the event to be considered historically accurate, uh, blame the disaster uh, of uh, many pilgrims being killed. Uh, by by blaming Eleanor and her ladies and the presence of non-combatants, the king, having scorned royal apparel in favor of a simple pilgrim's tunic, escaped notice. Unlike his bodyguards, whose skulls were brutally smashed and limbs severed, he reportedly nimbly and bravely scaled a rock by making use of some tree roots, which God had provided for his safety and managed to survive the attack. That's Richard the Lionheart, y'all. That is climbing ah. out of the way using roots wait way to go i mean oh wow okay so i'm still trying to figure out if she, she oh and then she got married again cool um okay. yeah i have no idea i think she actually came back from the crusade i think she went with richard interesting she went okay. to the crusades with 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 richard and john feels like he's been abandoned by his mummy Aww. you know poor buddy. i feel bad for him I kinda, a little I bit i mean not really, but... yeah she went on the second crusade I, no, I guess she went on Chris, the the second crusade with her husband and then maybe died. I don't know. Or he died. I'm not very clear. And then Richard went on the third. So, like, mom's not home. Richard, uh, John is not dealing with it well. And if, if we're looking at, like, eras, so John would have taken 11, eight, I have no idea. I'm, I'm out. I don't know. It's interesting to look at. <laughs> um. But it was, I mean, it just caught my attention. And then. The yeah. Yeah. And it was like, his was always saying something about mo mother, but no one ever el actually brought up his mom except for his, which I wondered right. if he was right. doing it to hurt him. Um, kind of because it, it seemed to hurt him. It seemed like it. Now I'm unhappy with my answers that I have been given. So now I'm on the Disney wiki. Um, there you go. Here. Uh, Cause it all, let's see here. Um, Owing a love-hate relationship with his deceased mother, he cries out in agony whenever he insults his memory. Uh, her memory. He has a very bad habit of sucking his thumb in intensely at the most inappropriate times, making him appear childish and immature, but also making him a tragic character because of his flaws. Uh, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna disagree with you, Disney fandom wiki. But yeah, it's his mom's dead. Uh, they didn't get along very well. He, uh, it says, it is heavily implied that his more negative character was the result of his mother neglecting him in favor of his eldest brother, Richard, leading him to a bitterly state that his mother loved Richard best. So, yeah, he's just, he's just mad. Pushing a button. Yeah. I mean, I mean. John. Not Richard. Asked for it, I mean, so, Richard yeah. asked for it, too. But, okay, so we're going to yeah, talk look, science. Talk science. Because we absolutely need to talk about genetics when it comes to Disney movies. Because I have questions. At one point, Maid Marian refers to uh, King Richard as her uncle. Right. I have questions. Ow. Okay, but she's a fox. <laughs> like, they're well, not even I in mean, the same, like, oh general my, tree oh, of the... Oh my god, I'm just getting that now. I'm like, why can't you understand that I that's her uncle? But oh my god... I just realized that they are not right. the same species. They're, they're, <laughs> just now. Right, they're not they're even not in even the quotes. same tree. Like he's he's a lion say, yeah. and she's a fox and they like he's a he's a cat and she is a dog. Like I have questions. They don't even they don't even Jen, have I have your like, answer. He was a panther and he was a lion. Okay, tell me. Okay. Disney. Think of your husband and me. Oh, well, maybe. Okay. I But like Okay, okay let, but... let's just pretend okay. for a sec. I am a fox, right? Mm -hmm. And my 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 fox aunt marries a lion, right? Okay. And that lion, okay. right, maybe already has a baby from their first marriage, but then that lion would be like how Chris and I are cousins. Okay. <laughs> so so to clarify for anyone who doesn't already know us, uh Melissa's aunt married my husband's uncle, which we lovingly refer to them as semi cousins. Um, they're 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 not not at all related, but they are. Um, but cousin like, in law. Yeah, like yeah, that's well, why like I, I, that's why I kept thinking like like yeah, like Chris and I grew up just assuming we were cousins, right? Like we shared an uncle, but 
Right. Like, yeah, we're not like we're in no way like blood related. But okay, so and I get that. Like, if they were, if it was like your cousin Richard, sure, okay, sure, I get it. We're fine. We're fine. It's when I'm like, okay, all of Richard's siblings are also going to be lions. Which of his siblings produced a fox as his niece? (laughs) How did that happen? I don't know. What does Wikipedia say? It does not. I I don't have that one. Like, I, I, it is one of those things. Things that I was sitting there, and I'd never really thought about, or I, I didn't remember, I guess, that uh, Marion was the niece of of I'm, of John and Richard. And now that I know that they had, you know, six other siblings, it makes a lot more sense. Because at first I was like, wait, is she John's daughter? I don't. But I guess there are several siblings in that family, and that helps. But she, they said your your uncle Richard will have an outlaw for an in law, and I was like, wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> Did she? what <laughs> so i mean that was all speaking interesting of, okay speaking of richard i didn't look at the credits at the end but richard also it sounded uh, yes. like it is that yes. the same voice actor who did both yes okay that makes okay. oh who did uh both john and and richard and richard yeah oh yeah, yeah. uh what are the fun things i, I noticed getting this like, time you noticed it yeah I just noticed this time that there was something I hadn't picked up on before. Disney was like, we are not paying someone to speak two lines at all. No. Um, right. But I, w- I was, uh, I keep laughing because we are now in the age of Disney where they just keep rehiring people. And uh, Winnie the Pooh Mouse shows up several times. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, right. we haven't even gotten to Winnie the Pooh, but I keep hearing Winnie the Pooh in all of these movies. And we have Baloo, who's in like five movies in a row. And like, you can't tell me that little John isn't just blue in brown fur um, and a hat. I've got a meme for that, Jen. I've got a meme for that. I do. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, did you, it has a meme for everything. It's true. Um, um, have you, did you guys ever watch a quantum leap? When you're when your kids okay yeah, yeah of course so it's like oh, it's yeah, like dr baloo you know uh is traveling and and one day he'll be able to return home and it's just pictures of like various like obvious blues like uh <laughs> you know like like it's like little john <laughs> and then like you know when he was in tailspin and like yeah so. <laughs> Yeah. So I need, please send me that because, oh my gosh. I'll dig it up. I'll dig it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Uh, in one of my meme folders. I I mean, now I have Quantum Leap questions. I I referenced Quantum quantum Leap during uh, Wonder Woman 84. So, oh, nice. Nice. I still haven't seen that. We're Quantum Leaping, aren't we? And Chris was like, yeah, I think we are. And then he looks in the mirror and we're like, yep, Quantum Leaping. Um, And that, (laughs) that is no, that is a non spoiler line. They quantum leap in in Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, that is all. All right. You know, it's funny. Um, one thing I thought of just now, animated. And I was trying to think about what my fr- was. Um, although Jen, you'll find this funny. It was the actress in Gray, and she was pretty and mean. Yep. That isn't that like just dead on. Yeah. Hope- she was pretty to the to the protagonist and beautiful. So. I set myself up early. Uh, didn't I? You really did. Like I don't even remember. I y'all talk about having your first crush, and I'm just like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> that was and so was, much later, though. Oh my gosh! But remember, I'm 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 younger than y'all. Yeah. But also, I was, that I was much? easily ten or eleven. Uh, I was easy t- easily ten or eleven before I was just like, oh, boys are pretty. Um, I also had a huge crush on Prince William when he was young. (laughs) Okay. Oh my god. When my my first my my first crushes were Scooby Doo, um, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard, Han Solo, human. Yeah, Han Solo. I could have called that. Yeah, really. Um, uh, And then um, Robin Hood, of course, and um, Supergirl. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, like the original like 1984, um, 1985 Helen? Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For um, Helen, but, like, but oh yeah. gosh, I I loved her, and I I didn't know at first because I I had no vocabulary for it, but I wasn't sure whether I wanted to 
fight crime with Supergirl or kiss Supergirl or both, <laughs> but I knew that there was something there. Uh, I mean, she had amazing eyebrows. It doesn't matter. Right? And those boots. I, just... I love her boots. Anyway. Those boots were great. Ah. Uh. Uh, I loved Wonder Woman's boots. Like I had a big thing for Linda Carter's boots. Uh, but I was I was actually uh, on uh, the Namely '90s podcast, and we talked about Xena Warrior Princess. And I was like, Xena Warrior Princess was every bisexual teenager's dream uh, because you could be just like, yes, I am absolutely interested in a strong female character, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she is wearing a leather swimsuit. Um, <laughs> In retrospect, it's funny to me that some that someone is terrible. His show something as amazing and gave us gave the gave. I know, the world. I right? know, right? Kept, I'm so oh, grateful for that. I mean, if he had to do one good pile. thing, I'll take that. Yeah, well, he, I'll take it. It was fantastic. Oh, goodness. and then we get Lucy Lawless, oh, who I love. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just kind of get a starry look and just look off. Like, oh, I, so I could hear right, So are we going to start a Lucy Lawless podcast soon? Because uh, like... I do not have enough time for that, but we will have that conversation later. <laughs> uh, maybe the three of us, the three of us will get to know each other talking about Lucy Lawless. That sounds like an excellent plan. We'll make it for I would 2022. I mean... um, we'll figure that out. <laughs> I'll be around. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're doing a Lucy Lawless podcast. I don't know. Lucy Lawless, come come talk to us. We'll we'll, we'll interview you every week. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you two, thank you so much for taking the time, and like you always make time for me. But thanks for making time for my listeners, uh, to laugh and and uh, wonder about the intricacies of Disney. Um, so I, I really appreciate you two staying up late and hiding from your children. Um. Which is what they are both doing to do this podcast. <laughs> Any excuse to hide from a toddler is a. I think Melissa can drink to that. I, 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 Hi, Henry. I if you hear this, I love you, buddy. Go back to bed. <laughs> Melissa says she uh, turned on Baby Shark and ran away uh, from her two small children. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It, it's uh, true. So if you'd like to support the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, those ratings and reviews affect almost every other podcatcher. If the app you're using right now has a rating system, please consider rating and reviewing there as well. I also have a Patreon page where you can contribute monetarily to the podcast. For just a dollar every month, you get an ad-free version of the regular episodes one day early. And for $5 a month, you get a bonus episode that discusses the history and commentary of other childhood favorites. This month, I'm talking about Ridley Scott's 1985 film Legend, starring Tom Cruise, Tim Curry, and a lot of dark themes. Patrons also get a say in what bonus episodes I'm making for the future, so if you want more of my rabbit hole research, that's the place to go. I also have single bonus episodes available at oofmychildhood.com if you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription. You can also find mugs, aprons, and t-shirts on the website. My theme music was composed and played by Sean Rudolph of Let Music Be. For more information on that studio, you can visit their website at letmusic.be or check the show notes for an easy link. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you come back each week to discuss Disney through modern eyes. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me. I release a new episode every Monday through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many other podcatchers. So until next time, keep the magic alive. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.